Good morning, Clovis Hills. How are we doing? All right, all right. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Good morning to all of our campus ministries right now in Old Town, Novato, Tulare Street, online. Good morning to all of you guys. We have a special child dedication I want to do today on Mother's Day. What a great day to do a child dedication. Amen. So come on over here. This is the Phil Doggo family. This is Kira and Joey and Cade and Lex. And um, Pastor Derek and I are going are gonna to dedicate these kids. Actually, mom and dad are going to dedicate these kids, and uh, we're going to pray over them. So in the Bible, one of the things you find is um, children um, were dedicated. Jesus was taken to the temple and dedicated to God, right? And then what happened is uh, around, as, as an adult, he went into the waters of baptism, right? And that's been a tradition that's been in Christianity for, for 2,000 years. So we don't baptize babies. We don't do any of that. At a certain point, these guys will make a decision. They'll make their own decision to get in the waters of baptism, just like some of you will on Pentecost Sunday. Can I get an amen? Right, right, right. So today we are committing as a church to help them raise these children in the Lord, and they are committing as parents to raise these children in the Lord. So um, would you pray with me? And Derek, do you, want, you want to pray, pray over them? Sure. Lord, I just ask that um, you give these parents all the tools for raising their son to God in the church on your behalf, Lord. I ask that you, uh, you bless both of your sons, but I ask that every step of the way that they are raised in a way and walk in a way yes. that represents you and you alone. Yep. So I ask that you protect every step that they take. Bless them. Lord, and that you give them a Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's awesome. Cool, cool. Oh, and this is, your, this is the Bible. I forgot. It's a prize for him. <laughs> we give him a children's Bible, and here's what I've learned. Um, you know, I have uh, advanced graduate degrees in uh, the scriptures, and I think I learned as much about the Bible reading the kids' storybook Bible than my kids for about 10 years. Because one of the things that happens when you do that, if you have young kids right now, you should do that. If you're a grandparent, you should do it to your grandkids, is those storybook Bibles give you this beautiful overarching narrative of God taking broken people and making something beautiful out of it in Christ Jesus. So I encourage you, if you're a beginner in the Bible, get a kid's storybook Bible. It's a good place to start. So anyways, um, Guys, we have all kinds of stuff. And I know none of you were listening when Liz was talking. Like that was pandemonium with kids and flowers. And poor Liz, man, on a Mother's Day too. I saw on her face, she's like, I'm just saying words. No one's listening. If you're, if you are, if you're watching right now, in this room, they were handing out flowers while Liz was doing the, the announcements. And it was pandemonium in here. It was crazy. So... Um, there's a couple of things I do want to talk to you about before we get into God's Word. First and foremost, in two weeks is Pentecost Sunday, and we're doing a huge baptism service. Some of you, you've made that step. You got your, you got your bulb. You got your Bible. You, you've said, I'm with Jesus. That next step in your faith is get in the waters of baptism. Maybe some of you, you put off baptism for 30 years, and it's time to get in the water as an adult like Jesus did. I want to encourage you, if you're interested in getting baptized, um, you can get more information in the Connect Center after church. It's, it's, um, it's going to be a great Sunday. You don't want to miss it. It'll be, it'll be wild. Also, next week, 
On Saturday night here in this auditorium, uh, the Fresno Rescue Mission is doing their uh, fundraiser for the year, and they've got hometown hero, uh, Dove Award-winning Christian contemporary artist, Jordan Feliz. Thank you. I was blanking on his name. He was at our church. He was on our worship team. He'll be here Saturday night, and he'll also be here on Sunday morning at church. I'm going to be interviewing him next Sunday. So you want to come. You want to see that. We, um, Jordan is a good friend of our church, and we love him. It is good stuff. So moms, this is your day, though, and the sermon is called Moms Matter. And we know being a mom is a difficult job. Can I get an amen, mothers? Right? Um, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the services I preached on Easter, I, we talked about this, that, you know, some say being a mom is a full-time job. And I, I disagree. I think it's more like a horrible unpaid internship <laughs> where your boss just comes in and throws food on the floor all the time. You bring him lunch, he throws it on the floor. But um, <laughs> it is a difficult job. And sometimes there's not a lot of glory in it, especially those mamas with little kids right now. We know how that goes. Our creative team um, at this church is amazing. So you know, um, most of them are all volunteers. They do all original stuff a lot of times. And I have pastors of very large churches and they're like, how many people are on your staff creative team? And I'm like, no, they're all volunteers, and they're blown away by just the level of excellence they do things. So they made a nice little Mother's Day video for all the moms. This is for all of you moms, because it is a full-time job. Fix your eyes on the screen.
It's funny because it's true. Right, ladies? Okay. Hey, um, today's, today's message is called uh, Moms Matter. And I'm just going to dive right into it because uh, number one is this, guys. It starts with mom. Everything starts with mom. In, in our house, everything starts with sweet Kelly Beatty. She's like the quiet, silent one, but she runs the ship. And um, I don't know if you realize this, but you would not be here today if it weren't for your mama. Whether you had a good one or a bad one, it, or in between. It, 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 do, it doesn't matter. You would not be here without your mom. See, um, in the Bible, I don't know if you realize this, but when God created man and woman, um, in Genesis 1 and 2, it never refers to the woman by name. And it's not till you get to Genesis 3. It just calls her the woman. You get to Genesis 3, and Adam gives her the name Eve, which means mother of the living, right? It's the, the one that gives life. And none of us would be here today if it were not for a woman in our life. As a matter of fact, um, you were designed by God. All human beings were designed to be in a relationship with your mother. That, that, that was the original design. As a matter of fact, she was the first person you ever met. Did you know that? Um, and, and I know Mother's Day can be an incredibly loaded day emotionally for people. Depending on the experience they had with their mother, um, even as I was driving here today, my mother died when I was in, in my late teens of cancer. And um, I drove here today thinking about my mom and, and just r- really kind of coming to this place like, man, my mom never got to see me be a pastor. My mom never got to see me preach. My mom never met my, my children, my, you know, and I was starting to like feel, feel down about it. And then um, I was with our prayer team this morning because they pray over me before every, every, every service. And um, in that room were some women that have really been spiritual mothers to me in my life. Right? And along the way, God has put these, these women who may not be my blood, but they're my spiritual mothers. And we were praying over them and thanking God for them. And then um, it dawned on me. See, my mom, my mom accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior late in her life. And um, the Bible says in Hebrews that since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the sin that entangles us and run the race with perseverance, right? And when the Bible talks about this great cloud of witnesses, what it's saying is is that those that are in Christ Jesus are watching down right now, cheering on. And even my little mama, Claudia Beatty, goes, that's my boy. That's my boy. He's short and he yells a lot when he preaches, but that's my boy. But we were designed to be in relationship with our mothers. But here's what I understand, and it is a reality of the human experience, is that some relationships between child and mother are very good, and, and some are very bad, and then you run the gamut in between. But here's what I want you to understand. Um, that is just the human experience. Why do relationships struggle sometimes? Parental and child relationship struggle. Well, I'm going to let you in on a little, little bit of news. You're all part of Adam's family too. And see, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they broke their relationship with God. 
And, and you were all human beings. We we're all designed to have this be in relation to God. And that all things on the planet, relationships, environment, all of that would work in peace in this thing the Jews call shalom. Everyone say shalom. shalom. Right? In, in shalom. And it was broken by our sin. And here's what happened to Adam and Eve. Um, right away, when they sinned, the Bible says they felt shame. They had never felt shame before because they had always been in the presence of God. They had always been in the presence of their creator. And the minute disobedience, the minute sin entered the world, they passed that on to all of their children, you and me included. Even your mom is a sinner. I hate to tell you that. I know I just offended some people today. But we're all sinners. And when Adam and Eve felt that shame, the natural thing to do when you feel shame is hide it. So, so they, they, they ducked in the bushes. The Bible says that God came walking in the cool of the evening and called for Adam and Eve. And it's not, this is God. It's not like he was like, man, I lost Adam and Eve. It's not like they're at Disneyland and you lost their kid. And he's running around grabbing angels. Go, do you know where Adam and Eve are? You know, it's not that. It's not that whatsoever. He's, and he, he's not playing hide and seek. He's like, Adam. Where are you? You know, and Adam's like your two-year-old doing this. No. He, he knew what they were doing. He knew what they had done. But in order to make it right, he had to call them out of their hiding and out of their shame. And when Adam and Eve were able to face God in their sin, the Bible says that God sacrificed an animal and he covered them. He covered their shame through that sacrifice. See, human beings, we're all the same. The Bible says we've all sinned, and we do an amazing job at justifying our sin, pretending it's not there, pretending our life is way better than it really is, pretending we're way happier than we really are, pretending our family's way more functional than it really is. We're super good at it. As a matter of fact, I think over the last, you know, 10,000 years of human history, we've gotten better at it. I think living in 2023, we are masters of hiding from God. We are masters of pretending the sin is not there. But here's the reality is our sin is separated from God and it's created all kinds of dysfunction. And here's what that means, ladies. I'm going to give you a couple words of wisdom. Um, first and foremost, um, there is no perfect mother in this room right now. I know there's a bunch on your phone. Let's be honest. We're going to go outside and there's going to be like, I need 67 more photos. We need three more angles. We got to, you know, like, I, I get it. I get the game. But I want you to know there are no perfect mothers in this world, just like there are no perfect children. But it all starts with your mom, good or bad. And mothers really do shape who we are. But it's not the end story. See, social sciences will tell you your parents shape who you are and that, that's just how it is and you got to deal with it. But the good news of the gospel says that he who began a good work in you is going to complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. That in Jesus you become a new creation and those things can be undone. And that's some good news because I've jacked my kids up. <laughs> and they need Jesus. So, you think of Adam and Eve hiding from their sin. Moms, you know this. You ever have a, one of your kids right on the wall? 
right? This little guy right here. Do we have that picture? Yeah, we have that picture. Yeah, yeah. And when mom asked him, did you, did you ride on the wall and the dog? He's like, no. Well, who did it? I don't know. They wrote on my face, too. It's a crazy thing, mom. Right? But we do this with God all the time. Right? You know, God is like, what have you done? And I didn't sin. It was, it, 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 it's my mom's fault, or it's my dad's fault, or it's this person's fault, or, uh, or I was born this way. It's your fault. You made me broken. Okay, on and on and on. We do that all the time. We're like the little kid with marker all over and pretending we didn't do it. And see, the Bible also says, for the wages of sin is death. That's eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Right? So there's a gift that God gives because he knew. Just as he knew Adam and Eve had broken relationship and he was going to make it right, he knew all humanity, the way it would get fixed, the way we could be reconciled to our creator, is he would send his son Jesus who would come and live a perfect sin-free life in our place. And he would die a death on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins and be risen on the third day. And he's coming back to make it all new. And this is this thing we call the gospel, the good news that changes everything. So, so, so what about that, Sean? What, what does that have to do with mom? Well, here's what I would tell you. Number two in your outline, if you have the Clovis Hills app, is that moms really do matter in this whole thing. You really do matter. Uh, mothers have a great ability to sh- help shape souls, believe it or not. Sometimes, um, like, our, our culture downplays motherhood. As a matter of fact, young ladies, I'm here to tell you something. The culture will tell you, oh, get a job, pursue your career. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a job, nothing wrong with pursuing your career. But they'll say forsake motherhood even. They'll say motherhood's holding you back. And here's what I would say, oh, nay, nay. No. You have this incredible ability to shape souls. And moms, you have influence. Because sometimes I'll hear moms say, oh, I'm just a mom. I'm not a leader. Listen, leadership is influence. I, you have to understand, as a pastor, I know. Um, about oh, nine years ago, I took over for the founding pastor of this church, Steve Davidson. Church voted me in as the pastor. I knew that day I was not the pastor of the church, even though I had the title. Steve was the pastor. He had earned that in people's lives. And it was going to take time for me to earn that and earn that influence. And you do that through sacrifice. You do that through, through, um, through, through love, through, through being consistent, through doing all those things. And hopefully over time I earn that. There's a few of you though, I'd never get that in you, I know. So you're like, no, Steve's still my pastor, sucker. Um, and I don't blame you. He's awesome. But listen, here's a, I, I need you to under, under, understand something. Mothers can have this incredible influence. You're not just a mom Really, from the time you're very little, when I was a little boy, I remember my, my best friend was Muslim, and he was telling me about it. I came home, and I asked my mom, I go, what religion are we? And she goes, oh, you're a Christian. And I was like, what is a Christian? She goes, you believe in Jesus. I was like, who's that? <laughs> Literally didn't know. And she goes, he's God. And I go, okay. What I believe about him. And, you know, she explained, well, he died on the cross, and um, if you believe that, then you're going to heaven and there's going to be a war between him and the devil and the, he's going to win. So you want to be on his side, right? 
I was like, yeah. But that was all my mom had. She was working with what she had. That was it. She didn't go to church. You know, um, we had a Bible, a family Bible. I tried to read it. She'd be like, put that down. Is there birth certificates and pictures in it? So I wasn't allowed to read it, you know, but we, it, was, it was holy. But here's what I know. The little she had spiritually, she gave to me. And it was later in my life. This is an interesting thing about people. Um, as a, I've been a pastor 28 years now, and here's what I've noticed. People usually look to God or come back to God, a relationship with God, in three circumstances. Trial, trauma, or transition. And when one of those hit, sometimes all three hit at once, Right? They begin to go, oh, wait, maybe there's more to my life. Maybe I need help. Maybe I need God. Maybe I need this. Um, and it's not just people in the last 28 years. It's people over the last eons of, of history have done that. In trial, trauma, and transition. And when my mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and I was 17 years old, I came home one day, and I had accepted Christ, and I was being discipled, and I had learned about Jesus and about the gospel, and I came in, and she was reading the Bible, and I go, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm reading the Bible, because she was in a trial, a trauma, and a transition at that point in her life, and she was looking to God, and I sat down, and I began to, well, what are you reading? She's like, well, I read Genesis, and I'm in Leviticus, and the, this, uh, this is awful. This is really hard. I don't know what it's saying. And I was like, oh, mom, let's go back to Leviticus another day. Read like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just read those a couple times and, and figure out who Jesus is. And we began to talk about who Jesus is. And, and I, I said, mom, it, it, if you were to die today, where would you go and why? And she said, well, I, I, I hope I'd go to heaven. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. And I, I I, I think I'm a Christian. And I go, well, what makes you a Christian? She goes, well, I'm American. <laughs> but again, like she was working with what she had. And that little seed of faith that she had planted in me as a little boy, God grew it. And I was able to explain to her the gospel in the, in the simplest of ways, like a 17-year-old. And that day, she prayed to receive Christ on our couch. See, here's what I want you to understand, though. Moms, you actually have a, a real spiritual influence on your children. Grandmothers, you have a real spiritual influence on your children. God has gifted you with that. Please use it. Use that influence. Your kids listen to, listen to you. See, I love in the book of Timothy. People always talk about the relationship of Timothy and Paul. The apostle Paul had this young pastor named Timothy and he mentored him. And we always talk about that because, you know, it's mostly men that preach. So we're always talking about Paul and Timothy, Paul and Timothy. But even Paul in the book of 2 Timothy, he recognizes the spiritual influence of a mother of a grandmother. Look what he says in 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 5. He says, I thank God who I serve. He's writing this letter to Timothy. He says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Talking to Timothy. Recalling your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which 
first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. See, Timothy, this great figure in the Bible, it all started with a grandma that believed in God. It all started with a grandma that passed it on to a daughter, a grandma that influenced a grandchild, a daughter that influenced a son. We don't know anything about Timothy's dad. We don't know anything about his, his spiritual influence on his life. But what we know is mom's got game. And here's the thing. For some of you, you're here today and you came because mom made you come. That was her Mother's Day present and we're stoked you're here. This is a safe place to be. We're not gonna out you. We're not gonna be like, non-believer, seat 4712, converge and convert. We're not doing that. (laughs) This is a really safe place to be. I just want you to know, like all our campuses are like that. But I I want you to consider something, right? Because, you know, um, either God made you or he didn't. And if there is no God and he did not make you and you are really just a happenstance of a primordial ooze that accidentally went from non-life to life and over eons of time, you've just accidentally evolved into this highly formed human that has a consciousness, that has a soul, that has all of those things, then you know what? You're right. Moms don't matter. We're just another animal and pigs eat their, their, their babies. See, you've got, you've got to come to grips with reality. If there's no God and you don't believe in God, then maybe moms don't matter and they just birth us and move on. Some of, you, some of the moms are like, what is the pastor doing right now? He's supposed to take me to Mimi's after church. But I, here, here's, here's really, really what I want for you is I just want you to, Like, take those thoughts to their fullest logical extent. No, you were made by a God who loves you and who's crazy about you. In the same way, a mom is designed from the moment they have that child, they lay that child on the mother's chest, right on her her breast, and there is a, a chemical connection that happens. It was designed that way. You were designed by the living God, and he has a plan for your life but he's left you ridiculously in charge of whether you will embrace it or you'll just go your own way. Number three is this. Moms are thicker than blood. Now, I did not say moms are thick, okay? (laughs) I said moms are thicker than blood because there are women in your life that may not be blood-related that act as moms. Ladies, you can have this incredible influence. Remember how I said, oh, I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. I hate that phrase, just a mom. Like that is like, you're so belittling one, one of the great vocations of life, just a mom. I, I just, I picture someday, someday I'm going to be at a hoity-toity party. I'm going to be like at Copper River, somewhere nice. They're going to be drinking fancy things and eating things with, on toothpicks. And someone's going to go to this mom Oh, what do you do, right? Because they're bragging about, oh, I'm a surgeon, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I sell stuff, I do this. And the mom's just going to go, oh, I'm currently socializing two homo sapiens in the Judeo-Christian order, in order that God might bring about the eschatological utopia since the beginning of time that he's designed. What do you do? Oh. Oh, you grow peaches. Cool. 
But moms are thicker than blood. And, and there's, if you're a woman, there's an influence that you can have on other people. Even if you didn't have a good mom or you didn't have, your mom didn't sow anything spiritually into you, you can be that person. One of my, my, my favorite things I heard this morning is uh, Marlena, our, our worship pastor, she was backstage and um, she brings snacks like a soccer mom every Sunday for the team. And they called her Mama Lena. So, right? But you can be that spiritual mom to other, other people. And in the book of Ruth, in the Old Testament, there's this woman named Naomi. And um, she, her husband dies. And in the ancient world, 3,500 years ago, your husband died and you had, you know, you, you were in deep trouble. There was no way to gain income. There was no, you know, you were left to begging, maybe prostitution. But the good news was she had two sons and both of them were married. So she, she lived, you know, she was going to live under her son's care because that's how it worked in the ancient world. But the bad news is both of her sons ended up dying. And she's left just her and these two, these two daughter-in-laws and they're all widowed and they're, they're left in bad shape. And he can, she convinces her two daughter-in-laws, she says, you guys go back. I'm going to go home. They were living in Moab, which by the way, if you're Jewish, you shouldn't marry a Moabite anyways, but um, they did. They didn't obey God in that one, but God is full of grace because something cool happens. So these guys die and Naomi's like, go back to Moab. You're young. You can remarry. You can start a life for yourself. I'm old. I'm I'm just going to go back to Bethlehem and beg and maybe my family will take care of me. They probably won't. And this is where we take off in Ruth chapter 1, verse 11 through 18. I want to read it to you. It says, But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband, even though there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to the sons, would you wait till they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand is turned against me. At this, they wept out loud again. And then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. And when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. See, Naomi wasn't even her blood mother. But whatever her influence was on Ruth, Ruth said, no, Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I will be with you. Even though I'm a Moabite, I'm someone that, 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 you know, that Israelites are supposed to disdain and cast out, I'm with you. Do you know this, that when you read in Matthew about the lineage of Jesus, there's only a couple women in that family tree, and do you know that one of them is named Ruth? A Moabite, who they weren't even supposed to marry anyways. That's God. That's the story of God. And here's the thing. The last point I want to make, guys, is number four, is that great moms will make a sacrifice. They make sacrifices. This is what great moms do. Naomi went back to Bethlehem with Ruth, and she made great sacrifice to see that Ruth could get married again. 
Ruth ends up marrying this guy, Boaz. They end up having a kid named Jesse. Jesse gets married, ends up having a kid named David, King David. Jesus is called the son of David. And it was all because of a woman that made great sacrifice that many people are saved. And see, Jesus, when he looked upon the world, you know, he came into Jerusalem at one point and he, looked, and he could see all the trouble that was going on in Jerusalem. Like there was political upheaval. There, there was disease. There, there was relational upheaval. There were problems. There was death. There was destruction. Not like 2023. We've got it tied down now, right? Like the world is awesome. No, it was the same. And he looked upon people and he saw people grabbing at happiness wherever they could go. And, you know, back then they didn't grab at Amazon to try and numb their pain. They didn't grab it. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't grab it at, at, at a trip to the mountains or a trip to Hawaii or a new Tesla or this or that. But they, they had the same thing. It might have been a fifth cup of wine. It might have been, you know, it, it, it might have it been lashing out at someone else. It might have been blaming another group like the Romans for what happened. And Jesus looked upon these people that were harassed, and the Bible says like sheep without a shepherd. And there's one point where he looks down upon Jerusalem and sees all the trouble that human beings are in because of sin. And he says this in Matthew 23, 37. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. See, Jesus uses this mother metaphor because if you've ever seen a hen, did we have that picture? Yeah. You can take it down. Eyes on the prize. Okay. No, no, really. Like when you see a mother hen do that, the reason they're doing that is because they know in the moment, the world around them is dangerous for their chicks. And they want to provide shelter so that those chicks can grow into health and who they were designed to be. In the same way, when Jesus said that, he looked upon you and me and he says, I, I want to draw you to me. I want you to, draw, I want you to draw under my shelter in the craziness that 2023 is, in all the crazy things people are talking about these days, all the craziness that's going on in my life, in the trial you're going through, in the trauma you're going through, in the transition you may be in your life. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take upon my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But you got to come. You have to make that decision. Because Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice so that he, you could have a relationship with the living God. And the Bible says this in John 1.12, but as many as received him to those who believe in his name, he's given them the right to become children of God. And see, Jesus calls us to him. He uses this meta another metaphor in Revelation 3.20. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone listens, I will, I, I, I will come in. That God wants a relationship with you. 
But you have to open the door of your heart and let him in. You have to receive him. Moms, hopefully you got some good Mother's Day presents today. But if you never unwrap your gift, if you never pull it out of the bag, you never received it. You never took it on yourself. In the same way, all of us, at some point in your life, you have to make the decision that I am with Jesus. You don't get to be a Christian because you're an American, because you were born into a Christian family, because grandma's a really good Christian. Like, you have to make that choice. And the question I ask is, why would you ever walk away from a love like that? So in a minute, I'm gonna give you the opportunity if you've never received Christ before that you can do that. The same question I asked my mom, mom, if you were to die today, where would you go and why? She didn't know. And then I explained that very thing I've just explained to you that you can know for sure by inviting Jesus to forgive your sins and be Lord of your life. You don't even have to have this whole thing figured out. You just have to trust that God is gonna lead you in that place and then begin taking little steps of faith to obey him. And watch what God does in your life. The trial, the trauma, the transition that you're in. God loves a good comeback story. He wants to turn that around in your life. But you have to make that choice. And the Bible says this, and and we're going to pray in a second. The Bible says this, that if you believe in your heart, and then you confess with your mouth that you're saved. So it's not enough to just make it a little quiet personal decision Like you have to tell people, I'm with Jesus now. And what happens is, is that inward decision you made, your faith gets activated when you begin to tell people about who Jesus is to you. So we're gonna pray right now. And if you wanna take that first step and make that inward decision, I'd love to pray with you and do that. Let's just all bow our heads, close our eyes. Take a moment and just be still and be in the presence of God right now, wherever you're at.